the sound of praise for your Sunday morning. The only one who could ever teach me. Introducing Reverend A.R. Bernard of the Christian Cultural Center. Was the son of a preacher man. And Rabbi Joseph Potasnik of Religion on the Line. The only one who could ever teach me. Now, on Talk Radio 77 WABC, here's the Reb and the Rabbi, where faith matters. Good morning, I'm Rabbi Joseph Potasnik. And I'm Reverend A.R. Bernard. This is a beautiful time in New York, and again, uh... We Jews are not getting blamed for the traffic, right? They can't say it's Hanukkah. It's our fault now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially by Rockville Center. But you know what? It's I, I can appreciate your tradition as a spectator, not as a participant, uh, but the ability to say, what a wonderful time. And I can wish you a Merry Christmas without diminishing, you know, the integrity of my own holiday. I've often said the candle. I can light other candles. It doesn't take away from the beauty of that one candle. Uh, so it is a special time of year, and uh, thankfully, uh, we can celebrate uh, separate and and then come together. Well, I, I want to talk about an event that took place this uh, this past week. I mean, it was at the Sheen Center. You and I, of course, you know, are on the board yeah, of directors. Yeah, yeah. With the, the, and for the, the younger Center. people listening, that's not named for Martin Sheen or Charlie Sheen. <laughs> not it's Bishop Fulton Sheen. Bishop Fulton Sheen, yeah. down 18 Bleecker Street. And uh, there was a big party, big celebration. Well, I thank you. Thank you, you had, for- you had, see, 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 when, when, when they have a party for the rabbi, who shows up? The com- police commissioner shows up. The fire commissioner shows up. The state attorney general shows up. You, you, you've got the cardinal there. Why? Because it was his birthday. Well, he was celebrating another year of life. You know, it's funny because when I walked into the Sheen Center, uh, there was my bar mitzvah picture. And I said to people later on, I you're wondering, why am I by mitzvah picture here today? And I said, for two reasons. One, uh, when I was bar mitzvah, became the age of 13, and I had assumed responsibilities of taking on commandments. Uh, it was a party. It was a ceremony, a re- you know, a religious ceremony. But in the evening, it was a party. And I remember the band leader going over to my dad and saying, you know, we light 13 candles for this day, but one more candle for good luck. Give me the names of your 13 relatives so they can light the candles. And my dad said, we are survivors of the Holocaust. We don't have 13 relatives. Wow. So the friends were lighting candles. So I said, I at least, you know, now that I'm a, a, a rabbi, I, I've, I have a spiritual family. I have a large family and people were there from different faith traditions. And secondly, I grew up uh, listening to Bishop Fulton Sheen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He was a great preacher. Yeah. I admired his style. So I said, who would have thought, you know, that one day I, I would be celebrating a birthday at the Sheen Center? <laughs> uh, and certainly Sheen never would have thought <laughs> that one day a rabbi would be celebrating the Sheen. So does that speak to the greatness of our country? Well, yeah, it, it does. It, it also speaks to how how loved you are, Rabbi. I mean, you're a special person in my life and in the life of so many people that you have touched in a very deep and profound way. And um, it's great to have these opportunities. I know you shy away from it and you don't yeah, want to yeah. talk about it, but I'm going to talk about it. <laughs> so and, my, and they celebrated you as you well, should have been well, celebrated. Thanks. My mom, uh, when I would say to her, can I bring so-and-so home from college? The person doesn't have a family lives far away. She said, Joe, there's always room for one more. Yeah. Always remember that. And I've come to learn in my life, you can always find room for one more person in your life. Add someone else to the table. Um, and, you know, to be able to live here 
My family grew up under the most horrific conditions where they couldn't practice their Judaism publicly. And I can. Hmm. And I can be with you, who's such a, a proud member of the Christian community. And, you know, you you teach it, and yet you respect others who don't follow it. Right. Uh, there's room there's room for one more. There's Always. Room, so. And we're in a season, not just of Hanukkah and Christmas, but transition. Yep. Administrations. A new mayor, a new Fire commissioner, new police commissioner. But yes. we've got to say goodbye to the we got to say goodbye. Today, and that's our that. guest. Commissioner Dermot Shea, who will be with us in a few moments. Where faith matters. The Rev and the Rabbi. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Welcome back. I'm Rabbi Joseph Potestin. And I'm Reverend A.R. Bernard. Reverend Bernard, uh, one of the nice things about being a member of the clergy is we get to meet special people and share our lives with them and incorporate them into our spiritual family. Uh, I have been privileged, as you have, uh, to come to know and respect Police Commissioner Dermot Shea, who's the 44th Commissioner of the City of New York, who uh, is is what we call a person uh, of goodskite, just goodness, and his outreach to us. We didn't have to go chasing him to get him to speak to us. He reached out and said, I want to talk yeah. to the people of faith of the yeah. city of New mm-hmm. York. And mm-hmm. uh, we've had many, many t- uh, sessions together. Commissioner Shea, thanks once again for being with us uh, as you complete your term uh, as commissioner. Well, Rabbi, thank you. It's my pleasure to be on. And, and uh, I can tell you definitively, and Reverend Bernard, thank you as well. I have gotten far more out of any discussions and talks and meetings than, than I have given. And, and members of the clergy of all faiths across New York City have um, inspired me. They, they've helped me over the last two years um, on many fronts, and, and it's been a true partnership. Um, you know, people of all different faiths leaning on each other to get through the last two years. Now, let me jump in here. because sure. Rabbi, you introduced him as a very nice guy. But you and I learned along the way that this man has convictions, and he's willing to stand for those convictions. And he had to at certain points in time when and it went against the grain of of, of what the climate was, the culture was here in the city of New yeah. York. And I will tell you, I respect him uh, very much because he held to his yeah. convictions. A nice guy doesn't mean that you just, you know, uh, back back off and, you know, retreat from your beliefs. Yeah. Nice yeah. means you can do it in a way that shows that you're you're firm and yet respectful. Yeah, because we were in rooms where he was being attacked. <laughs> you know that. We had your back on that, Commissioner. Yeah. <laughs> so let's, let's, you've been asked this now but many times. Talk about accomplishments. Talk about disappointments as you conclude the term. Uh, it would be more of the former. You know, very proud of, um, you know, we could talk forever about what, what the state of the city is now. And, you know, um, Certainly, I, I think we could all agree that there's some work to do on many fronts. But with that being said, you know, uh, this is this is the cards that were laid on the table when we sat down to play the game. You know, and um, it's been a tough couple of years, but probably proudest that when you when you look back um, of everything that we faced together and um, certainly in the police department, you know, for the men and women of this department, it's been a tough two years between COVID and dealing with some of the crime issues and the, and everything that came out of the murder of George Floyd and, and defund and all of that and taking on some water at times, but uh, stay in the course, um, you know, captaining the ship forward and um, 
I, I think leaving leaving this city in a place where, you know, we have some crime issues and there's no doubt about that to get around, but um, keeping it together and keeping the men and women of this department working and, and uh, rebuilding some of the trust, certainly, because we, we took a lot of shots in 2020, but between the work of the entire team and clergy and communities across this city, you know, both of you, I know, know Chauncey Parker, a great mm -hmm. friend of mine and member of the team and, you know, Rodney Harrison and Juanita Holmes and Jeff Madry. And I could go on and on. So many people that, you know, rolled the sleeves up, got to work, trying to make things right. And, and, and I think we're on that path now. So probably most most impressed with that story. Um, you know, disappointments. Um, it's hard to see the city right now in the state that it's in. And, it, and it's a great city. And it's a, it's the city that I love that I grew up in. And, and it's, it's not a bad place, but it's not exactly where we want it to be yet either. So, um, you know, I think that we can come together a little bit. I think, uh, you know, Eric Adams has some challenges ahead of him, but he's, he, he's up for it. I think, everyone working together. I think, um, gentlemen, just like we did, where we don't always have the exact same opinion, but, and you could talk about nice guys and you can talk about convictions, but you still have to listen to other people's opinion too and take their side of it. And sometimes you change your own opinion. I don't think anyone's changing their own opinion lately. It's, it's too <laughs> dug in. Yeah. So we need to, Eric's need to get the whole city and, and elected officials and unions and people. And let's get to that. Build that consensus of New Yorkers in the middle of the table, um, figuratively and literally, and, and identify ways that we can, you know, what do we want to fix? How do we get there? How does each side give in a little? And, and New York it will be the amazing place that it, it is and, and, will always be. You know, Commissioner, when someone's good at what they do, we stand on the side and they make it look easy. But being commissioner, police commissioner of New York City is a tough job. We have not had a convergence of forces that we've seen during 2020 and 2021 since 100 years ago. 1919, we had the Spanish flu pandemic. We had the same issues uh, churches be open, close, uh, you know, is there a vaccine? We were going through all of these issues. And at the same time, you had Red Summer in 1919, where race riots across the country. We had World War One uh, going on uh, and the economy was shaken. So here we are 100 years later and you're commissioner in one of the largest cities in the country. And we have that convergence of forces. Can I add one more uh, component to the mix? You also have some legislators who look at the treatment of crime through a different lens. Hmm. When we hear about bail reform, you know, which conceptually sounds, oh, you know, it's we're making some modification. And we see people committing crimes and being released Im immediately and committing another crime and another crime. I mean, how do police contend with that when you have legislators who are not who are not taking a, a strong stance to protect the people. I would add that to the mix. Yeah, and that's where he, he stood up because yeah. we had that conversation and the problems with that revolving door that's created. Um, as you look back on that, Commissioner, is there was there a better way to deal with it or is this part of the circumstances you have to deal with? Well, I think you can always learn and uh, 
Reverend, do things better. Um, you know, that debate's been going on for a long time. It's a, it's a complicated story. It goes back probably a decade, honestly, where, you know, policing and, and over-incarceration and what got us here today and what got us to the point where we swung so far was that we were probably so far in the other direction, you know, for many years. Mm-hmm. And um, we didn't see and hear each other enough and, and come to consensus in the middle of that table. So, you know, again, well-intentioned, too much of an extreme. And, um, you know, we're in a place now where, you know, the shame of it is to me is, is that I, I, from day one, felt like I was the police commissioner of eight and a half million people, not 55,000 men of, and mm-hmm. women of this department. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's who I was speaking up for there. It wasn't, you know, the way of life of the police or law enforcement. It was, you know, I, I saw firsthand the damage that was done to families and people trying to make a living and, you know, whether it's their car stolen or, or living on a block in fear of gang members. So, um, you know, New Yorkers have to be that voice that ultimately will say, you know, we, we want to move that a little bit one direction. And, and I think it's coming around. I think it, unfortunately, it's probably going to take a little longer than many people think. Um, but to your point, yeah, it's been a, it's been a, an interesting two years. And, and, you know, a couple people have said to me now this week, you know, well, you're winding down. There is, there is no winding down. I mean, we just had another police officer shot this week. So it's, it's full speed ahead. Um, there cannot be any in this, you know, line of work. There can't be any foot off the gas. It'll be full speed ahead until that ball comes down and, I can tell you that I've spoken to the my successor. Um, that transfer will go on when that ball comes down seamlessly. There's a transition team in place. You know, I'm very impressed uh, with her. I, I've spoken to her. I have spoken to people just as importantly that really know her. Mm. And, and she is a good person and she's qualified. And, uh, you know, I expect you know, the, the NYPD to be clicking on all cylinders. So how how has the, and Rabbi and I have worked together with commissioners going back to Safer and prior to that, uh, and we've watched the city change. How has the department and policing changed under your watch? That's a great question. Um, I, I think policing that doesn't change is falling behind. You have to constantly be changing um, from day one. And, and if you think back when I took over, it was, a, it was a different place, you know, pre, pre George Floyd, pre defund, pre COVID. We knew, you know, Bill Bratton said to me, he, he's a, you know, a very dear friend of mine and I owe him so much. And when I was named, he <laughs> said many things to me. And one of them was that you're going to have the toughest time of any of us. Hmm. And and he said that because we knew for almost a year before what was coming in terms of bail and, and some of the laws that were passed. Um, but even knowing that, we were in a much better place New York City-wise. We had driven incarceration down significantly. We had still extremely low levels of crime. And, and we took that opportunity, I did personally, to say, here's where we really, we have the opportunity to really do more than we ever have before with the youth of this city. And, and not only do we have crime under control and 
We're doing it the right way by reforming and working with advocates and driving incarceration down. That's the shame of the bail piece, because it's almost like a law that was passed five years too late in many ways, mm-hmm. because we had driven a lot of the incarceration down. Um, but that's, a, that, you know, that's another story. With that set of facts, we said we really can now shut off the valve that's supplying the criminal justice system and make sure kids don't get into trouble and never enter into the system in the first place. So that's that was the logic of, you know, you asked what's changed. Even despite all this, we've done an awful lot working with kids of this city, giving them opportunities, working with the police foundation and nonprofits, uh, increasing scholarships to kids, whether it's arts, whether it's like Tony Danza is really interested in the arts, but we also do sports. We also do computer programming. We have great mentorship programs. We have the Saturday Night Lights program. We rehabbed 15 basketball courts with forfeiture money over the summer. Hmm. We have, we, we have you know, uh, Juanita Holmes doing uh, sports leagues in the, in the summer, and now we're rolling it into the fall and the winter as well. So there's so much that we're doing for kids. I'm excited about the next school's chancellor as well. You know, so I'm sure the NYPD is going to continue to partner with them. We have, a, we have a, uh, a flag football program in Rockaway that we're now going to roll out in Harlem as well and partnering with the New York Giants. So the, the youth stuff is really exciting, and there's a great opportunity to build on that. I, I, I think coming out of George Floyd, um, the murder of George Floyd, and how we built back um, some of the trust that we had lost. Mm. And, and I don't know that it was ever that bad. But it's, you know, it was bad in June and May of, in 2020 for sure. And, um, you know, we lost so much that we thought we had, whether we thought we had too much or whether people were just too scared or whether it was such a movement and, uh, of such passion. You know, it's probably a little of all of that. But we're back on the right track, I think. And, um I think that's something that the police department has to continue to work on each and every day. Yeah. I, I wish that um, more of those stories, yeah. were, more of those stories. I'm thinking told. the same thing. You know, yep. There's so much, so much good to report, but sometimes newspapers are not interested in, in good tidings. One of the, I was having a discussion with clergy recently. I said, one of the things I find troubling, and I want you to weigh in as well, commissioner is, you know, there's all the, the concern for, you know, justice and doing the right thing and treating a, you know, uh, a criminal in a fair way. But there's also a victim that whose life has been in many cases destroyed, diminished. And we got to care about that victim. And I find this inordinate attention very often paid to one side, but not to the other. Uh, And and I think we we should not, we should not close our eyes to the pain of that victim uh, and, and do what we can to try to rehabilitate that person as well. So that life, uh, becomes, if not whole, close to whole. I, I, I think that's absolutely right. And, and um, you know, I, I've been very vocal about that, where it's, it's, it's a little one-sided of late. I think you've you, you got to look at the criminal justice system right now. It's, um, you know, if the intention was to push down incarceration rates, it's, it's absolutely achieved that. But there's a cost to that currently. 
And, and I don't think we should have to, in, in you know, the 21st century, choose one or the other. Mm-hmm. Why can't we shoot for the moon and get both? Mm-hmm. So, you know, why can't we drive down incarceration, which we had done, and do a much better job of keeping people out of jail and just as importantly, rehabilitating them when, when they get into trouble. So whether, you know, whether it's you have to spend a, a night in jail or a week in Rikers Island or maybe two years in prison, I think we could do a much better job of helping people get back on their feet once they've paid their you know, debt to society. Reverend A.R. Bernard, Rabbi Joseph Pachasnik, the Rev and the Rabbi. Talk Radio 77 WABC and the all-new WABCRadio.com. And Rabbi, you know, I, we talk about all of the programs for youth, etc. But we've had conversations with the commissioner on several occasions. And he committed himself to making changes, not just proposing reform, but making changes, greater transparency, policy changes, community relationship building, better training for for police officers. And uh, he's he's seen that through. One of the things I've seen with this commissioner uh, is when you say community building or building relationships, talking with the young people, because some of them, you know, have negative views of police. Mm -hmm. And, and engaging them in conversation, listening to them and saying, this is this is our plan going forward. We want you to hear it, but we want to hear from you. Um, yeah. and, and I think that exchange uh, has really been increased under your leadership. That's been very important for you. No, it, it absolutely has. It's probably the most uh, fun I have as well when, you know, it's just out there in the street, in the communities. I don't care what neighborhood or what faith just being out there talking to people. And and that's probably the most joy I I get, Um, whether it's on a basketball court, whether it's in a church, or or whether it's just hanging out at a block party and interacting with people in New York City. There's nothing like it because there is no filter. You know that. And they will tell Mm -hmm. you exactly what they think. It may even be about yourself, so you better be prepared. But that's where... That's where us you, you New Yorkers, and that's what was missing during COVID, too, where we just were kind of separated from each other. So, you know, to, to, to the point about, you know, the youth, um, and, and I want to go back a minute where we don't have to choose. I, I think that we could do a much better job when inevitably kids are going to get in trouble. And, and it's back to that pendulum in the extremes. But I think we got to do a better job as a whole in, in the city of when a kid gets into trouble, and, and giving them those second chances. But what happens then? So what we're seeing too often, and, and uh, Rabbi, I think it's to one of your earlier points, is, you know, kids are getting into trouble in some neighborhoods. They absolutely are. And, and we're, we're giving them second chances and pushing them to family court. But instead of really supporting them and saying, what can we do? They're just going right back on the street Hmm. and you're sending them right back into a street with no support. Mm -hmm. The support becomes the gang. One arrest becomes two becomes three. And now we have, now we have a tragedy and sometimes it's they themselves that are injured or killed. I would love to get to a place again. These are the challenges that, you know, the next mayor is going to have, but if, 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 if Eric can pull together businesses and clergy and, and, community groups and volunteers and, and get the right structure. What does the system look like when somebody gets into trouble and instead of sending them into jail, 
but you don't also just throw them back onto the street. You actually have a support system, a mentor system, a, a way to measure it's being affected and to keep them on the right path. I mean, that's what we're trying to do here in the PD, but it's got to be a much larger um, support cast, if you will, where it, it pulls in social services, it pulls in the Board of Ed. Like, we need to know that those kids are actually going to school then or attending school or the grades and talking to the parents. So I, I think those are the challenges, but those are the challenges we should be taking on. You know, Dermot Shea is a police commissioner, but he's also a husband and a father. Talk about how this has impacted your family. I mean, you're taking one of the most difficult roles, you know, uh, in life as a commissioner. And at the same time, you love your family. You know, I've seen that love. But there's got to be, you know, some kind of uh, impact that it does have. I mean, how do, how do things change? Yeah, it's um, the, silent, the, the silent person behind the scenes is, is you know, my wife. And um, we, we've been married uh, next month 30 years. One of the great things I'm looking forward to here is actually being able to breathe and, uh, you know, spend more time and get away. There has been no getaway. There has been no, you know, it's, it's, I'm used to this in my line of work and it's been 31 almost years. Um, but that takes a toll on your loved ones as well. And, and she's, you know, Rabbi, you've met, uh, my right, wife. She's yeah. absolutely, and as has Reverend Bernard, mm-hmm. I, I believe. Yes. She's absolutely, um, you know, the strength, uh, behind this relationship. And, and she's the reason Honestly, like I, I feel like I'm the luckiest person in the world. I'm going to quote a text from Rabbi's uh, scriptures. We call it the Old Testament. Yes. He insists it's the Hebrew Bible. It's a word but, for the old. Yeah, but it's a wonderful proverb, and it says, "An understanding wife is a gift from mm-hmm. the Lord," and that is so true. When you have a wife who understands the calling upon your life, what you do, and sees your vocation, your career as a calling, and is willing to give you the space and adjust. Because, you know, I have to do that with with my wife. I'm I'm glad that, you know, she gave me the space. But it takes a lot because you experience it, uh, not by yourself, but your whole family experiences. And to to take it off at the end of the day when you come home and and to put those issues aside and be the father, be the dad. I have to believe that Mrs. Dermot Shea didn't marry... Dermot Shea to change him. I have to believe she loved him for who he was and she saw the passions that he had and said, this marriage is going to be based on two people pursuing what they love doing. And even though it's difficult, and I don't know what's easy anymore. I, I've, I've yet to find anything easy. Uh, but I have to believe that, you know, her respecting who you are for what you do is what makes the relationship so special. Are we missing it or, or are we on point here? No, you're on point. And the one thing I would say, too, is I, I don't think many realize it. Um, it's hard walking away after so many years. Hmm. It, it's actually very hard for her as well. And we've had many conversations and she's had conversations with people where, you know, you, you, I think many people don't realize the relationships that are built. And even just the last two years, um, certainly with myself, but, but her as well, where she has you know, gotten to know people in right. communities throughout New York City, in Harlem, you know, in Brooklyn. And um, her concern is, and, and, you know, line of duty families from the NYPD, many examples. Am I going to see these people anymore? And the answer is yes. You know, we're going to be around New York City and, and we're going to be attending events, etc. But 
it just shows you like, you know, you, you hear about neighborhood policing and trust with the police. You don't hear these stories enough because there are so many really strong relationships between the police and the communities. And that's just not at the cop level. It goes right to the top. You've had life-changing moments that come from some story or incident uh, under your watch. What has been what you would call the most impactful story? On the positive side, I I think it's just seeing the change that you can have in people's lives. We, We... we, we chaired a meeting this week and we had a young man come in and um, it, it was a meeting about explorers. If you're familiar with the program oh, yeah. mm-hmm. and it, it, you know, law enforcement explorers, not just the NYPD. And um, he, here is a young man. He was 18 to 19 years of age, uh, grew up on the Lower East Side and him and his youth coordination officer are in and he talked to us and, and it was. It was myself and Ben Tucker, and then we had people from the foundation that are trying to raise money for the Explorers. And he talked about the impact that the program has had on his life, from not fitting in in high school to not knowing what to do, Mm. to going to his first meeting and now going to college and, and on and on. And we all just looked in amazement around the room. And he finished, and I said, like, Number one, I think I could get out of my seat. He could sit in my seat and probably run an agency at this point. Hmm. He was that polished and impressive. But we, we, we said, like, you know, you make us proud just seeing you here and talking. And those kind of experiences, um, whether it's a cop on the street, whether it's taking care of victims, whether it's, you know, supplying food to the hungry whether it's helping people over and over, those are the a million of those experiences that make this job the special job that it is. You know, on the bad side, it's um, there's some bad days too, and, and I, I know that um, you know what I'm talking about here. But we, you know, we 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 have suffered loss, and you see also people at their worst, and and whether it's a call in the middle of the night, right. And, and, and responding to a hospital. But, you know, it's not just about the police, too. I mean, I, I could tell you that I can give you the names uh, that will haunt you as, you know, sure, people, sure. people taken away and senseless violence on the streets and trying to console family members. And, you know, sometimes there's nothing to say, but that's, you know, that's part of the beauty of the job and the tragedy at the same time. So you, you take all of that, but I'll tell you, Rev, and I'll tell you, Rabbi, at the end of the day, and, and that day's coming soon, I will walk away from this job being the luckiest person in the world, um, having gotten more than I could ever ask for or describe or thought I would get out of this job and the people of this city with really no regrets and, and knowing that, um, you know, as I turn the page and move on to the next chapter, the, the city will be in good hands with the men and women of this department and, and the torch will be passed, um, you know, to the next commissioner and, uh, you know, things will go on. Let me just say this as we conclude. Uh, you have been there for the diverse communities of New York, and I want to speak to you as a member of the Jewish community. The rise of anti-Semitism has been frightening for my people. 
at the same time, when you, who, you're a proud Catholic, and you as a commissioner stand up and are not silent, and you say, we will not tolerate, we will not allow this, we will stand with you, uh, that is so heartening to hear that it makes a difference. Uh, you know, historically, you know, there was times the government looked the other way. You know, people did whatever they wanted to do, and the government closed their eyes to it. Uh, that's not the case with Dermot Shea. So to you and all those who serve with you, and you mentioned Ben Tucker, uh, who's going to have a walkout soon, you know, <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. uh, which is, you know, it's bittersweet. It's appreciation, yep. but it's a sad moment because he's such a dedicated soul who's now leaving. Uh, but to have you there for us with your voice, uh, I just say we we are grateful uh, for your commitment. Just, I say to the Jewish community, but it's, it's true for all communities. Yeah, I, a lot of the programs uh, for youth, you know, the reality is that a, a large percentage of the kids who are impacted by those programs are children of color. Mm-hmm. Is that correct, uh, Commissioner? Yeah, it absolutely is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. That's, that's what's making a difference in the lives of New York City, as well as the lives of yeah. New Yorkers, and as well as the lives yeah. of those children. Uh, you know, you, as I listen to you, Commissioner, you know, people don't realize the cop on the beat sees the best of humanity and the worst of humanity. On an ongoing basis. And that cop wants to get home safely at night to be with his or her family. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. Commissioner, thank you so much for being on the program. And, of course, we wish you the best as you move into the next chapter of your life. And your relationship. Gentlemen, thank you so much for the support, uh, for being there, and, and for everything else you do for the people of this city. So thank you. And the relationship continues. It doesn't terminate when you leave office. That's right. That's, That's right. right. All right. Thank Thanks you so much, life. Commissioner Dermot Shea. Yeah, and we'll be back with more on 77 WABC, The Rev. And The Rabbi. Reverend A.R. Bernard, Rabbi Joseph Potasnik, where faith matters. The Rev and The Rabbi. Talk Radio 77 WABC and the all-new WABCradio.com. Welcome back. I'm Rabbi Joseph Potassi. And I'm Reverend A.R. Bernard. You know, we have learned in life that the critics uh, don't change lives. The critics don't build a better life. The critics simply uh, criticize. That's what they do best. And there are many over the years that have been critics of different commissioners, different people in leadership positions. Uh, And you meet a Dermot Shea, and we know him, and he cares. He cares deeply. And you can see the pain he feels uh, when the city is going through some horrific times. Uh, But he's not ready to walk away from the problem. He wants to confront it and cooperate with with the community. So let's get to a better place. That's a unique perspective that we have, Rabbi, because we know these individuals personally, their families, the issues that they're wrestling with at home their heart's sincerity to to make a difference, to do the right thing. And yet you you and I also hear the other side, what the critics are shouting. And and we know that much of it is not true. Uh, And and we feel for these leaders. Uh, I know pastorally we connect with them and pray for them and pray for their families. I think that's so important, that role that we play. You know, it's been said it's only the person who's in that arena who knows the the full story of what's going on and what needs to be done. And I think 
one of the things with with Dermot Shea is that he's not a person who's complacent, mm-hmm. not a person who says, all right, you know, uh, and ignores the problem. All right, now what are we going to do about this? But he's really faced obstacle after obstacle uh, in, in midterm. When he first started, it wasn't this way. But then, you know, with this confluence uh, of factors that took place. Um, and, and again, I, I often felt that legis- some of the legislators and police were not effectively communicating to each other to really understand uh, the situation. I talked to some of the uh, one of the commissioners in, in, in the prison system, and he says if people only would talk to us and say, listen to what goes on inside the prison so you have a better sense mm-hmm. of what we're mm-hmm. up against. Yeah. And then talk to us about solutions. We'll talk to you. But don't just come, you know, from the outside and tell the inside what yeah, to do. I'm but, your quarterback. Or, yeah, yeah. Like the critic. But I will tell you, what. one of the things that um, gave me a lot of respect for him is when we, we, we had that discussion. We did it at, at our church, Christian Cultural Center, and we had a panel and— uh, you know, commissioner was was there. Um, Chief Holmes, Anita Holmes, was there, and the commissioner asked me. He said, "You know, how do we build better relationships with community of color, the black community?" And I said, "Commissioner, it begins with understanding the history of the relationship between African Americans and police." He said, "What do you mean?" I said, "Policing started during slavery." And that's where the relationship between police and black Americans mm. began. And it took a certain tone as it continued over time. So there's history there that, you know, speaks to the condition of things today. You know, he genuinely listened and wanted to learn and understand. Then the question, well, how do we build those relationships? How do we make them better? Then he wanted to do something about it. I appreciate that, and I respect that, Rabbi. You know, when I heard people say defund police, and you think about it, and I say, wait a minute, defund the police, crime is rising. Yeah. And then you talk to communities, and many of them are communities of color. That's right. Saying, wait a minute. That's right. What do you mean defund police? Yeah. We, we want police presence. You know, we can change some of the policies, perhaps, but at the end of the day, when we walk on the train, when we walk from the train, we want to see police present in the community. Stop with the defunding police. But these kinds of grandiose concepts that are not predicated on realistic behavior. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's the movie and the book are totally <laughs> separate from each other. The movie doesn't, the, you know, speak to the book. But, but look, I, African-Americans, people of color, just not just African-Americans, but people of color live in a tension and poor communities. They're poor white communities. Mm-hmm. Um, but they live in a tension between wanting police presence, wanting to feel safe in their community, but at the same time concerned about over-policing of their young men, mm-hmm. especially especially young African-American males. And, and that's a tension. So you want the police present, but at the same time, you're concerned about the over-policing. You know what I mean? Going too far, taking it too far. And, and that's a tough balance. Well... But you know what? That's the challenge in life, the nuance. Unfortunately, we live at a time where it's either or, not, you know, the word and, you and I. You know, it's, it's either my way or your way, and there's no, there's no middle road. Uh, and those are lost opportunities. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, what Dermot Shea has tried to do, and not always with the support of government officials, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. is to, to find a path where communities can feel safer, police can do better, uh, but we all work together 
to reach that common goal. Uh, that's not easy. Look, it's in the world of religion. You know, we, we can talk about this. In every, <laughs> we don't have those problems. Yeah, yeah. We've, you know, we've always had, you know, this, this kind of you're right, I'm wrong, and uh, or I'm right, you're wrong. And it's just, it doesn't work well. It doesn't serve the community. So uh, hopefully, you know, he'll build a new chapter of life. But I think we should really express our gratitude to him for what he did and try to do. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, you know, if I may quote another text from Proverbs. Please, I, I love this. In all you're getting, get understanding. Yeah. Isn't that true? That yeah. that's so important that we take time to understand instead of fighting to be understood? One of the foundational words in Jewish tradition is listen. We say, uh, or hero God, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Hear. Hear the other person. Uh, because we, we spend so little time listening and so much time speaking. All of us. I mean, all of us are guilty uh, of that. And... Uh, I think social media has exacerbated the problem because it allows us to put it out there without really an opportunity. 24-hour news cycle and a 24-hour talk cycle on social media. I mean, they're sending tweets, TikTok, everything else at 3 o'clock in the morning. You know, you and I have discussed this, the, the vaccine climate now. And I have seen, as you have, these statements, these theories that are so outrageous and offensive I mean, we're trying to protect people. At the end of the what? what are we here for in the world? Isn't one of our responsibilities to keep people alive? Isn't that what our tradition teaches us? Choose yeah. life. And yet there are those who've taken this vaccination and completely perverted, you know, its message. I, you know, it's a mixture of fear, politics, uh, and some people who how really about believe. How about science? Really what believe? happened to science at all? Do we have to think science believe, in school? You know, look, they're still, look, did they really get to the moon? Did they walk on the moon? <laughs> you know, we're still questioning a lot of these things. And, and that's the problem because you have people who exploit those questions and those fears, you know. And people buy into it. That's yeah. what bothers me. Yeah. You know, uh, you, can, you can offer it, but re- let people reject it. Many do, but you know, unfortunately, many don't. And our responsibility as clergy is, is to talk openly, honestly, tell the truth, and repudiate those who are harming us, mm-hmm. those who are creating scenarios that don't exist, those who are telling us that what our faith is. I always love the people, you know, this is what you believe. No, that's not what I believe, <laughs> right? Don't tell me what I believe. I know what I believe, you know? Don't impose your way on me. So we have a lot more to do, but, you know... Uh, I, I, I think the pursuit and the preserva- the pursuit of life, the preservation of life, the protection of life is is primary for us. Do you notice how the commissioner cheered on and affirmed the next administration that he believes that the next that commissioner refreshing? is going to do a good job? He believes the mayor has his hands full, but he's going to try his best. It's great when you're exiting and you can cheer on. Those who are coming into the what do you gain in life? Well, you know, yeah, there are people who bad oh, mouth. Oh, you know, it's not going to happen. Yeah, it's going to yeah, fall yeah, apart. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, that's what do, yeah, what do you like gain it. by a put down of the next of your successor? Yeah. I don't know what you gain by that. Yeah. You think you look better by doing that? Some people think that yeah. way. You know, there how many people you met in life or didn't even have to meet, but you know of they make themselves look good by making others look bad. Yeah, that's what they do. Well, I I don't buy into that. You don't buy into that. Uh, you know, we surround ourselves hopefully with people who sometimes are smarter than we are. That's fine. Uh, but people that I trust and people uh, who have a vision of of what should be that's that's really 
uh, founded uh, on, on what the text says, what it really says, not what some wild interpretation says. So wait, right. well, you just said something. I, I, I want right. to draw attention to it. You said that, that you know, um, we, we surround ourselves with people who are smarter than us, which means we don't feel we have to be the smartest person in the room. I love one of the great commentators named Rashi, brilliant commentator on the Bible, sometimes would say, I don't understand this passage. Hmm. When you're brilliant, at the same time you can say, I don't understand, to me you're even more brilliant. Yeah. Because you recognize that there are limitations in your understanding. You don't know it all. And, of course, there are some people who... Who do know it all. Know it all. (laughs) And they make sure they tell us. They know it all. They know everything and they got to tell you They do. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much. This has been a great discussion once again. Great conversation. And uh, and in preparation. Looking forward to Christmas soon. Yeah, that's right. Next uh, Sunday will be uh, the day after Christmas. Christmas will be on Saturday. And uh, again, you know, celebrating our our respective holidays and uh, in a beautiful way. And what better place? New York City. How yeah, and you know what? We've had Hanukkah, you have Christmas, and we can we walk on those separate paths to our houses of worship. But, you know, there comes a moment, I find, when we all, you know, walk together, when we, 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 we respect each other and say, thankfully, we live in a country where we can have both. Yeah. equal partners. All right. So, to you, our listeners, thank you always for being a part of the Rev and the Rabbi audience. Glad to have you with us every Sunday, and we pray the best for you. Those who are celebrating Christmas, we wish you a Merry Christmas. Yeah, yeah. and you know what? It's there's room for there's room for both. Absolutely, room for, and there are those who don't believe in either. And there's room it. for them too. That's we it. We have to create the space. Yeah. Till next time, the Rev and the Rabbi. God bless.